Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Mountain Murders. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan. Hey, Dylan. And I'm here for it, son. How's it going? It's going great. I'm excited. We have listener stories. This is going to be a fun Mountain Murders midweek. We have listener stories. How lucky are we? I can't wait to dive right into them. Yeah, and you know what, Dylan? A few folks have answered your calls. Oh, yeah? Like we had mentioned, maybe sending in some bad date stories. Got a couple of those. Oh, my gosh. Got our typical listener tales that come in, some spooky, creepy stuff. It's uh, it's all happening, bud. Are you ready? Yeah, let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Heather and Dylan, I just want to say how much I love your podcast and the amount of shit you dish out to each other. True Aww. love. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I have listened to your podcast for years now, but tend to fall behind due to my two little broke Best friends who always need a ride, money, or just my undivided attention to which, um, them, uh, I'm sorry, to watch them do a half cartwheel in the living room after I've told them seven times in the last hour not to do a cartwheel in my house. Have kids, they said. Oh boy, that's relatable. That's a great description of kids. Your two broke best friends. Anyway, I'm currently listening to the Bushwhackers episode. Again, don't judge me. I told you I tend to fall behind and just wanted to tell you both. A story of something strange that happened to my family. I live in Pike County, Georgia, which is a semi-small town. One night a few months ago, my then eight-year-old son came busting in our room screaming that someone was at the door. My children's rooms are on the same side as the front door and our room is on the opposite side of the house. So if someone rings the doorbell, we can't hear them. I glance at the clock and it's around 2.30 a.m. So I tell my son he's had a dream and to go back to bed. Then I hear the doorbell. I live in a neighborhood that is in the country but off a highway. We don't have Wi-Fi and have maybe two streetlights, but my home is the first one in our hood. Lucky us. So for anyone to be ringing the doorbell at that hour is alarming. I wake up my husband who gets up and goes to the door and then I hear my husband scream, back up, get away from my door. The person at the door was trying to open it, then was trying to come in when my husband finally opened it. I think, oh fuck. Then my husband comes storming through our room to the closet and grabs his gun and goes back. I tell my son who is under the covers, freaked out by now, that 
I was going to lock him in our room and that if he thinks he needs anything to immediately call 911 from his cell phone. I then follow my husband, who is now on the front porch with a lady who looks like she partied like a rock star all night, if you know what I mean. She's hysterical on the phone and has blood on her legs. It's an immediate no for me, and I yell to my husband to make her leave. The lady is in a whole different world and is telling my husband that her ex is following her, has a gun, ran her off the dirt road over from us, and she proceeds to explain the car and that... Uh, and at that very moment, the exact car she describes passes our home. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Coincidence or truth, I didn't care. Just get her crazy ass out of here. My husband is a lieutenant with a neighboring police department. So his training kicks in. And he has this random lady move from our front door to the side of our house since she would not be still and was carrying a sketchy backpack. The lady is asking my husband to tell her mom where she is. Uh, to call the police and is crying because her phone is dying. My husband is constantly looking around to make sure it's not a setup and no one else is walking up and <clears throat> telling this lady she needs to, he's telling this lady she needs to sit down and stay seated. He finally gets the police out to our house who take her God only knows where, anywhere from my home is fine with me. We still to this day don't know the true story of what was really going on with this lady and never heard of a wrecked car on that dirt road. My son, who was hiding under the covers the whole time, was pretty spooked for a while, but made sure to tell his hairdresser the next day that he was, quote, about to get his BB gun and go out there. How funny is that? He <laughs> got some backup. I know. <clears throat> Sounds like a brave kid. She's a redhead full of tats and is so damn cute, so he had to impress her. But I knew dang well he wasn't moving out from under those covers. For months, this lady's face and fingertip imprints were on our front glass. I just wiped them down a few, few days ago. It's just a super weird thing that happened to us and something we bring up often and now kind of laugh about. Thankfully, my husband was home because if it were a night he was working and I went to the door to find this crazy lady trying to open my door, I may have shot her because kids first and my baby's right there. Anywho, sorry for a long story, but I love your listener stories and decided to tell you guys this one. If you don't read it on an episode, it's totally cool. I'm just glad to share it with you, too. Oh, no, we're going to read it. <laughs> if we, you send it, we will read it. We just read it. Keep doing what you're doing, and I look forward to catching up so I can be with the latest true crime news along with you guys. P.S. I was born and raised in Griffin, Georgia, which is just right outside of where I live now, and enjoyed your episode on the Timothy Coggins case. I think you did an amazing job covering the story. My husband started his career with the Spalding County Sheriff's Office and was so invested when news broke that they were charging the suspect. Thank you for your dedication, always respecting the victims, and for always finding the most information on cases. And that's uh, from Opal. Thank you, Opal. Oh, my God. It's like, hey, you, hey, lady, you're going to have to go down to the neighbor's house and be crazy. Yeah. I mean, could you go to the end of my driveway and be crazy? Yeah, no shit. I don't want you being crazy up in my house. Now, look. Uh, look, that's a this, tricky situation well, in because this day and age it's a little frightening to get a knock at the door and especially yes. if someone is behaving erratically they're covered in blood your first instinct is you want to help these people but at the same time you have to be very cautious because it really could be like a setup home invasion you'll end up in like the strangers movie it could be the strangers i mean it could be them they scary. always send the girl in first to catch you unawares and to make you to disarm you, right? So they send in like a really cute girl, you know, and she's like, "Oh my God, I lost my phone. Is uh, I'm lost. I was going to like a really 
cool club and I was going to dance the night away. That sounds like a porno, Dylan. That doesn't sound <laughs> like the strangers. <laughs> Thanks the, for letting us know what you've been up to the last couple of days. No, but it's exactly like you said. You'd be torn because I, I, I want to help in a situation like that if I can, but... Uh, you can't put yourself or your uh, family and home in danger. Well, especially when someone's carrying a backpack, they could have a weapon. I mean, you just don't know. Right? I gotta say, I, uh, I, and I could be wrong for this, but when I see someone with a backpack nowadays, I'm suspicious because of all the backpackers in our area. And by backpackers, I mean people who decide to be homeless and do drugs instead of getting help and getting a job. And I do not mean regular homeless people. Does that make sense? Oh, we we seem to have uh, an exceptional type of um, transient person here. <laughs> an exceptional type, a specific type for sure. I don't know how many of them seem exceptional. Oh, they're they're an <laughs> exception from the normal rule. Oh, so, okay, right, there I you mean. go. Yes. All right, let's go. So we had a yeah. Well, that, well, that was kind of scary, weird, and everything at once. We also have a bad date story. Oh, oh Are my gosh. you ready? Hey guys, I'm a big fan of y'all. You have gotten me through several work days and I appreciate that. I've been meaning to send you guys some of my stories. And when you asked for bad date stories in the May Listener Stories episode, I immediately thought of this experience. So let's get into it. When I was a senior in high school, I was a little menace. I was just exploring my sexuality and the world and well, just men in general. I was on a roll. I had a Tinder account. I matched with a guy who was way out of my league. I'm talking like absolutely American Eagle model hot. He lived like an hour and a half away from me, and we agreed to meet up in my hometown. I was so excited. We met at my house on a Friday. I know, dumb. I remember watching him pull in and park. I got out of my truck, and he said, hey, how's it going? The man had the worst lisp I've ever heard in my life. I mean, straight up Sammy Sprinkler type of lisp. Oh my god! I tried so hard to get past it, but I just couldn't. All attraction was gone immediately when the first spit bubble hit my face. I knew I had to suck <laughs> oh it up gosh. and just get through dinner with him. He was a nice guy, a little strange, but didn't deserve to be blown off. After dinner, he told me he had some good friends who lived in the area, and I thought, well, good. Hopefully, they'll get him away from me faster. <laughs> he said he was going to stay the night there and have a few drinks if I wanted to come. I politely declined, and he seemed fine with it and went on his way. Little did I know he ended up staying at their house for two days just so he could continue hanging out with me without having to drive all the way home. He showed up at my door the next three mornings until I finally had to tell him I just wasn't interested and I'm sorry for wasting his time. I deleted Tinder the same night. Oh my gosh. This is from Lena. Lena. So here you got. Now I thought he was going to show up and he didn't look anything like the American Eagle model. So he pulls up, he gets out. He, he, he really looks like that, right? And then, I mean, uh, he has a really hard lisp, I guess you could say, which is unfortunate. I guess the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, as they say. And uh, I don't know. I mean, could you, if it was something like that, a lisp, um, I don't know what else would compare. Maybe, uh, what if they have the big boot, like where their legs aren't the same length? I worked with a guy like that. He had to have his shoes, he'd buy a pair of shoes and then send them to a specialist. And like the one had like the three-inch sole on it. Well, look, Because okay. his legs were different sizes. I, I don't want to make fun. I no, don't want to make fun of people well, with a Well, no. I mean, I'm not an ableist, and I try really hard to, like, be accepting of people, and especially if it's things they can't help, right? I mean, 
Sure. If you had a tail. I'm sorry. I had to do it. If you had a tail, right? A little we tail, all had tails. Right? Yes. Uh, whatever. I would try to, if I liked you and got along with you and we had good conversation and shared interests, I would try to look past or get past whatever the uh, abnormally was right, just like I looked past or your the anomaly. I called it an abnormal. What the hell? The anomaly. <laughs> I can't talk. I looked past your devil nipple, the one that the devil would suckle from if you were in uh, Salem during the witch trials. Your are you, third nipple. Are you really saying that that's something you have to look past? Well, yeah, I have to look past it to see you. You have three nipples. I think we all had a bunch of nipples. Yours just didn't absorb in. Now you got three nipples. See, now you're making it sound like I'm a freak. Well, like I'm I, some freak of nature. I never said that. What, you were, I have to look past it to see you. Like you're trying to make it sound like <laughs> I'm toting big. around this gigantic nipple <laughs> in like a fucking radio flyer wagon behind me, yeah. Dylan. Like I'm yeah. just dragging it around. Just dragging it around. Well, but, thankfully, you ain't dragging nothing around. So oh, I ain't got to worry about that, no, do I? I'm no. strong. I can carry mine. It looks like a big old vanilla Tootsie Roll. It's weird. <laughs> Uh, no, it's just a little dot, guys and girls. It's just a little dot. What, it's, your penis or my nipple? Your little devil nipple. Jesus. You'd have never made it. You know for a fact that they would have, after they felt you up and like looked at you naked and all the creepy shit that the guys was really doing, it wasn't even about witches, um, they would have been like, she's got a third nipple. She's got to die. You would have been burnt. And you know this. It was one of the things they used to uh, you know, justify killing women. Well, yeah, but I think the difference is I am kind of uh, mean, so I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, how do you like this rake to the face? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be digging my pitchfork out your ass, sir. But here, look, I'm not ableist, but I also think someone has the right to, if someone has something they deal with and they're not comfortable with it, I think they have the right to say, I don't want to be with this person. You know, I don't want to hang out with this person. Well, I think we all have the right yeah. to decide who we're with. It's true. It's true. We are all allowed to have a preference, Dylan. And I prefer to have a preference, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Let's get on with the next one before I get any funnier. <laughs> oh. Now, Dylan, this is from Heather, and we know all the best people are named Heather. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thank you, Heather. Well, Heather lives in Los Angeles. Oh. And she is answering, again, we've have, we've got people answering the call, Dylan. We have gotten such good feedback You're asking what it's really like in L.A. It's been described as a hellscape. You listen to podcasts. You watch videos. You see TikToks and social media. And such. And it. And it looks like a madhouse. It looks like it's a... Uh, We've been watching L.A. Fire and Rescue on Peacock. That's actually pretty thanks good. Thanks to some folks in our Discord for recommending that. That is pretty good. It's pretty interesting. There's just... It seems like a lot of shit going on all the time. It's like Rescue 911 on steroids. So, Heather is going to tell us what life is really like in L.A. Okay, Are so this ready? is from the horse's mouth. Hi, Heather and Dylan. I absolutely love your podcast. 
Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Excellent storytelling, great research, and a perspective that I fully believe is missing for many pods in the true crime space. I feel like you actually dive deep and learn about whatever case or topic you're talking about instead of many pods that seem like they're reciting an episode of Snapped. So thank you. I appreciate it so much. Uh, that's a very good description of Heather's abilities. Thank you, Heather. Dylan asked in the DNA is Dope episode for Los Angeles listeners to write in. Here I am. And she's got the little hand wavy emoji. Hey, girl. I've lived in L.A. my whole life. So did my dad and his dad. And yes, Dylan, L.A. is crazy as fuck. I have seen a lot of crazy stuff. Some good, some bad. But honestly, it's not nearly as dangerous as perhaps the media makes it out to be. One important thing to understand is we have a lot of transplants here. You know, people who come to L.A. wanting to make their big break. They end up living here for years and hating it because breaking into Hollywood isn't a viable career path. And they end up taking jobs as waiters or baristas so they can go on casting calls with ease and end up doing that for a decade before realizing that moving to L.A. was a mistake because everything here is expensive as hell. Anyway, probably more info than you needed. But a necessary explanation as most born and raised... Angelinos are fairly average people with average jobs, living in average houses, driving average vehicles, because it's true, nobody walks in LA, and going to their neighborhood dive bar. People generally mind their own business here. All this to say, from an Angelino's perspective, a lot of this crazy stuff that happens here happens because people are getting themselves caught up in some dumb BS, either trying to social climb or break into a branch of the entertainment industry. You know, play dangerous games, get dangerous prizes. I know that sounds victim blamey, and maybe it is, but in a county that is home to over 12 million people. Oh my God. What? That's crazy, dude. (laughs) That would cover like... Jesus, I don't know half of this state. I mean, that's a, half of North Carolina. That's yeah, that's a lot. The of wild stuff that you hear about in the news is not what life is like for literal millions of people who live here and are just doing their best to get by every day. Now, if you want to talk corruption, the whole city and county is corrupt as hell. Always has been as far as I can tell. If you ever want to go deep dive on how fucking stupid and corrupt the making of L.A. is or was, just look into the St. Francis Dam disaster. It's wild. The whole time period in L.A. history is wild. I don't think there's any reason to be afraid to visit L.A. Most people, especially those who were born here, um, Love it. We love every stupid thing about it. The beaches, the tacos, the beautiful sunsets, the amazing selection of food, the nightlife, the hiking, the truly incredible diversity of colors, languages, and culture. Even the smell of a dirty city street. All of which makes so many of us fiercely proud to be Angelinos. Not in a snobby, we're better than you kind of way, but in the way that we know... What we have here is unlike so many other places in the world. It's beautiful and chaotic all at the same time. When disaster strikes, Angelinos don't care who you are or where you're from. We come together to help each other. It is a community. It's just a really, really big community. I guess it's like anything else. If you're looking for trouble, you can find it. If you're looking for the crappiness and things, it's there too. But there are so many good things. And then she included some pictures of her puppies, and they were very, very cute. Oh. And um, I totally want to play with them. Oh, my gosh. They're so cute. <laughs> are you ready for this? There's 12 million people in L.A. County. Do you know how many people's in the entire state of North Carolina as of the 2022 census? 10.7 million. So in L.A. County, there's 1.3 million more people than in the entire state of North Carolina. That kind of blows my mind. What? That's insane. 
No way. It's true. I just Googleized it. You Googleized it. <sighs> we also got an email from Jeff. Thank you for that description of it. Was that, what was her name? Heather. That was Heather. Okay, I'll make sure I keep up. Because again, all the awesome people were named Heather. Thank you, Heather, because that was a very, um, and a third generation, Angelina. Angelinian. Uh, so um, that I really take. A Nate, that's a true, you know, Angelina, uh, L.A. and Enian, uh, Enian, Alanian. I can't, I don't know what, let's see what, Angelinian, is that it? <laughs> that's a, okay, she's a real local. Would you please just stop? And, and I trust her opinion, and that was a very good description. If you find, want to find trouble, you can find trouble anywhere. It's true. And you can also find really good tacos, I bet, in L.A., Yes, Dylan. Now, would you like to hear this next story? Yeah, but now I want a taco. Well, this is from Jeff, and he actually grew up in Stanton, Kentucky, and knew Todd Ice. Shut up. I don't even <laughs> want this feedback's insane. He said he could tell us a few things about Todd Ice. Fucking and Todd I was like, Ice? Please tell us about Todd. Because I got to say, the Todd Ice story kind of hung with me. I, I mean, they're all good stories, but there's some. You know, that kind of you think about, you know, a week later, like, wow, that was just so messed up. And I got to say, Todd Ice was one of them. He has some in interesting insight as to why Todd might have been in the house, the neighbor's house. Oh, gosh. Yeah. OK, so you got to hear this, Dylan. Uh, Todd was a straight A student from grade school till his last year, which was our freshman year of high school. He supposedly could read at age three and had his IQ measured at 140 at Bowen Elementary. And after his arrest, it was 145, both of which are considered genius level. Okay. Hmm. It's very close to my IQ. My IQ is way higher than that, but that's cool. He was your typical nerd. He had thick, dark black rim glasses and still squinted even with those. He was, however, relatively big at his age and was strong but not athletic. He played basketball and could rebound and defend but had no offense skills. He had little social skills and no experience with girls. I suspect he had never even kissed a girl, let alone had sex. There was a book written called The Killing Jar by his psychologist that told a story of how his death row inmates made fun of him for being a virgin. Um, the Killing Jar... Gets its name from the jar that you can put insects into and gently kill them while preserving their body. Because Todd was into uh, entomology. I oh, okay. I might have mentioned that. Uh, that yeah, I think you did. His dad was into it. He was into it. And I was aware of this book when I was doing my research. And you can get it on Amazon. Um, but I didn't get it because I, I just downloaded um, the some of the information it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social 
spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like from a different app. So I didn't use uh, Amazon this time. Okay. I didn't use my Kindle. Thanks but for I'm letting just, us know that. Well, I'm just saying, I'm I, didn't, just I didn't read the book. Uh, that sounds like it could be an interesting but we should, book. Yeah, but I, I was aware of the book and we should read it. It sounds like it could be interesting. Todd used this uh, in his insect displays for 4-H. He won state-level awards for this for many years. In the book, Todd's name is changed to Ted. Wolf County is actually Fox County. Powell County is called Howell County. Some of the events were <laughs> exaggerated as well, but overall it's a good read. Ted Lice. Right. <laughs> Once in the eighth grade, Todd brought a twenty-two pistol to school. Oh, shit. There was a kid named Tommy Puckett, a friend of mine and my second cousin, who was kind of a bully and apparently had been bullying Todd. So Todd brought this gun and showed it to a few people, but nothing came of it. However, this was brought up at trial to show that more than a year before the murders, he had violent tendencies. In fact, he did never... He did never commit an act of violence prior to the murder and was a model student by all teachers' measure. Most folks put his problems on his mother. She was very odd, and some said a religious fanatic, but many are in this part of Kentucky. They'll all laugh at you, Todd. They'll all laugh at you, Todd. I'm so, I have to do that every time you say fanatic mother. You know this. It's like from Carrie. Anybody who don't know. Thank you. You're welcome. I didn't know that. I'll be here. I knew you knew it. Can I please just continue? He went from church to church to get free food for Thanksgiving. Todd's family was below middle class, but his dad worked with my dad at a factory about 45 minutes away. So he wasn't poor like many people were in Powell County. Once in seventh grade on a Monday, Todd was eating ravenously at lunch, and I asked him if he had had breakfast that morning. He said no, and that he hadn't eaten in three days. Apparently, his mother punished the kids. Todd was one of three biological kids. But his parents took in foster kids for money, one of them which uh, was from Korea, by not giving them food. That was their punishment. That's terrible. The reason Todd broke into the neighbors, the Noxus trailer, was to steal food. He would eat peanut butter sandwiches and whatever was in the fridge. Sheila suspected this uh, that it was him, and in the beginning she felt sorry for him. Um, so she didn't say anything, but evidently it became so frequent that she told his mother about it. And she, of course, didn't think it could be true. And Todd denied it. Oh, my God. This insight's incredible. Norvin Mayberry was also a classmate of ours, and he was a legitimate delinquent, frequent pot smoker, even as an early teen. Sheila actually never saw Todd kill Donna since that was in the bathroom as she was unconscious tied to the bed. Uh, let's see, uh, Norvin claimed he was in the trailer unbeknownst to Sheila and he really did kill the girl while Todd was supposed to kill the mom. This of course was bullshit and just Norman saying nonsense, which was so unusual, or I'm sorry, which was not unusual for him at all. Anyway, he knows a lot here. He says that he and his classmates drove the 30 minutes uh, during the week long trial and watched Todd get sentenced to death. He was emotionally cold and had a flat effect the entire trial. He was, at the time, the youngest person in the nation on death row at age 15. Holy cow, Jeff. You've, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. These insights are... Um... In his second trial held in Moore, 
had a college town and perhaps less backward, you know, more liberal, et cetera. He had much better attorneys. He was sentenced to 20 years with credit for time served. His family's trailer was burned to the ground the next night after the murder. Donna's grandfather had a gun removed from him prior to entering the courtroom at the first trial. Wow. The Ice family left town and went to Muncie, Indiana, where they were from... um, where they were with a few hours, I'm sorry, within a few hours of the crime. There was a real vigilante vibe in town for a week or so. My uncle happened to be in jail when they first brought Todd in and put him in a distant cell by himself. And he had three cops stand watch outside for a few days. And he had never seen that happen before, being a frequent guest of the jail. <laughs> He's a frequent flower. Oh, Unc knows what's up, don't he? Huh. So, wow. And, th- and that makes sense. And I would suspect that in a situation like this, a, a smaller town, you know, tight-knit community, um, when you have a shocking crime like this, it, it's going to make people very emotional. You know, it's really interesting when you get into some of the research for various true crime cases. What I've found over the years is that information change, details change from one newspaper publication to the next. Yeah. Uh, one author will make a claim that is not represented or unsubstantiated by a second author covering the same story. If you can if even, it's a bo- I mean, it's really interesting to me. It's almost like a game of telephone where details and information change. I've seen dates. They get dates wrong. They get names wrong in the newspapers. Yeah. It's not a, not only does it not cooperate maybe what the other, Author between authors, it could be conflicting statements sometimes. So that's very interesting, and I think some of it has to do with uh, people's writing style to a degree, right? And, and maybe their research skills. You know, I mean, I would not want it. Like if you wrote something and researched it, and I did, obviously, my story would be a little bit better than yours. But it's not your fault. Well, I don't know why you're it's not, not your fault. Why you're not hammering out all of these episodes? <laughs> because for us. well, uh, I. Uh, I didn't want to talk about this in public, but Heather, you're so proud of the podcast and you do a really good job, but I just don't want to, uh, what's the word? I don't want to make you oh, look you like wanna, shit. You don't want to showboat? <laughs> I don't want to showboat. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a certified glory hound. Do you know what a glory hound is? Oh, I'm married to you. I know exactly what you are. You let someone else do the heavy lifting and then you come in there at the very end, uh, right before, um, whatever goals achieved and uh, you take over. No, I've been watching you uh, brag for five years about this amazing podcast that you have and all this work that you do. No, While I'm not. I oh, stand hey, by hey. stunned. Hold up, like, stunned. Like oh. what work? <laughs> You're clutching your pearls? Seriously? It, it um, takes me an hour to get you to just come sit down to uh, record because you're, you know. Look. Always smoking and sitting and looking. That makes me want to smoke. Don't talk about cigarettes. Look, here's the thing. Before this gets too real, because I'd hate to, you know, have to. I'd hate for people to hear the truth. Yeah, I would hate for them to hear the truth. I would hate that as well. Now we all know that you do an incredible job and I can never keep up with you. Here's what happens when I go to research something. This is some of my neurodivergence. I don't know where to start. When I see a big pile of something, even information, whatever. Um, I don't know where to start, and I, I and if I can get started, I do okay. And it turns out it's just way easier for me if you just do all the heavy lifting because you're good at it, and, and you do know where to start. 
So actually, and then you can take the credit. Well, I know. Well, I've, I, I've learned this about I you. I mean, it's you know, fine. it's fine. You you say take credit. I say you know, look what I created. I mean, I just don't see. I never say that. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, um, here here's a thought, Dylan. Why don't you shut up? And let's get to our next listener story. Because honestly, I'm kind of tired of listening to you run your mouth about nothing. Hi, Mountain Murders. Longtime listener of the show. By the way, you're my favorite podcast. Oh, my God. The research and banner keep me coming back. Banner. Love it. I have always been interested in the occult, spoopy shit, and otherwise weirdo stuff since I was a kid. My mom bought me a pendulum at my request when I was around eight years old, after I became obsessed with Time Life's Mysteries of the Unknown series. Wow. Dude, I remember those Time Life books. I do too. I always wanted that Mysteries of the Unknown collection. Well, that was one of the very few exposures to uh, strange, unexplained, weird stuff that I would get. That was one of the few places I could find it growing up. Yeah, my up. grandparents had like this... I think it might have been a Reader's Digest. It was like this big, thick book of like world mysteries or something. Oh, I, mean, I loved weird books like that. Oh, yeah. You know? Because I remember the first time like reading it, there was the case of, I think her name was Annalise, and she was it was a famous exorcism case. Oh. I think it was in Germany, and that was in the book. Stories of spontaneous combustion have always uh, fascinated me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see, this is the kind of you just say people always say well researched and the banter. Okay, you're well researched, and I'm I'm driving the banter bus. <laughs> you are. I'm driving the banter you bus. Never stop bantering. It's <laughs> true. I'm bantering right now. Okay. So my mother was into Wicca, though she really didn't expose me and my brother to her practices. My uncle was pagan, and he lived with us for a few years after my parents split up. I'd been using Ouija boards for a while by the time my story takes place, though I do not feel they're powerful enough for real divination. I was about 19 when my story takes place. It was the night before Halloween. I lived off campus. I was in college at the time with three roommates and a big old house, a flop house, let's be honest, where there were always friends or someone's brother or cousin crashing on the sofa. This story is 100% true, by the way. Oh, why do I feel like this is going to be a good one? We were all bored because the parties weren't happening until Halloween night. So after getting tipsy and smoking the reefers, two of my roommates, one of their boyfriends, and a friend decided to play with the Ouija board. The session was weird from the get-go. The planchette was moving forcefully. And at first, I really thought... My roommate's boyfriend, who was honestly a huge dick, was moving it around. I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? I'm not wasting my time if you're going to be a jerk about it. He swore it was not him moving the thing. Now, at first, it was moving erratically around the board and not really answering any of the questions. Thinking it was a bust, I told everyone we should just call it a night, find a movie or something. That's when one of my roommates asked it a question along the lines of, what's happening on Halloween? Oh, That's gosh. when the damn planchette slid across the board and spelled out D-E-A-T-H, death. Oh, my gosh. At that point, we're all getting a little annoyed, and I'm still convinced her boyfriend is messing with us. We're like, whatever, close out the session. Fast forward to the next morning, I wake up. 
wake up early for work, and go downstairs to have a cigarette outside. As I'm standing in front of my car about to head out, I notice there seems to be some activity happening at the end of the street. Being nosy, I walk to the edge of the driveway, and that's when I see about eight cop cars and an ambulance, a fire truck, every type of emergency vehicle possible. Turns out, around the same time we were playing the Ouija board, which would have been maybe 1 a.m., a neighbor who lived at the end of the street was attacked in his home and killed. I know it sounds unbelievable, but it happened and it was awful. I felt so guilty, like maybe we could have prevented it. But at the same time, I really thought the boyfriend was moving the planchette. I don't use Ouija boards these days. It's been a long time since I even owned one. And this is signed by Nomi. Nomi. Naomi? Nomi. Nomi. N-O-M-I. Okay. Nomi. 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 Um, okay. If you went through the same experience, would you be freaked out? Uh, yes. I, I don't think there's any way. <laughs> I don't you... think there's any way you wouldn't be freaked out. No. No, for one, you got this, you know, it's almost like you got this uh, kind of maybe dingy, dirty, negative energy interacting with the board, the way it's erratic and forceful to the point where, you know, because... And my experiences with, and you always wonder if someone's moving it, right? That's part of the fun, in my opinion, to a degree. The planchette, that is. Um, but it's always very smooth. Yeah, it's almost like you're. Well, it well, almost kind of glides. Yes, yes. Really lightweight, right. like a cross. And I've always touched it very lightly. I've never pushed it. I don't know if someone else did. And I've been in sessions, as Nomi calls them, where. If somebody was pushing it, they were doing a really good job of tricking it because it was so light and, gl- like you said, glide. Well, I've always wondered how it's possible for someone to even really push it without it being noticed. Without you knowing, because it is such a. It's delicate, almost like it drags your fingers. It is almost with it. kind of such a delicate tool. So if <laughs> a delicate tool, yes, that that was my nickname in college. Um, but it is that would be very scary, very scary. I mean, if, and you're blowing it off like, oh, so and somebody's messing with us, whatever. And I think Nomi obviously didn't care for the boyfriend, it seems. Um, and then to find that out, that information out later, that that basically happened at the exact time, yeah, that you were messing with the board. I don't know. I'd be totally freaked out. But thank you so much for that. These are great stories. We're getting stories. We're getting weird, high strangeness. And we're also getting these incredible insights. To these real true crime stories we've covered. This is this is the top of listener story bag that you couldn't create a more perfect one. It's been a fruitful summer, Dylan. It's been a very fruitful fruitful summer. And we've had some of these stories kind of stored up, like waiting to present them. Waiting to present on yeah, our face. Yeah, because we haven't actually had a listener story episode since May. So in that time, we've been collecting these. Well, I remember the one in May They've was incredible. Marinating, Ooh, right? Yeah, they're sticky. Are you ready for the next one? <laughs> I am ready. This is kind of funny. <laughs> Let's go. I went to a fortune teller with some friends. Yes, it was in the woman's house. The strangest part of the whole experience is how she lived on a busy road and left the sliding glass door wide open. So the whole time we're having our fortunes told, we could hear all the big trucks and cars zooming by. You're like, what? I'm going to do what? When? That's not the best part. 
She also had an adult son nicknamed Boomerang, I kid you not, who came up from the basement wearing his underwear and a dirty t-shirt. He went into the kitchen where she was doing the readings at their table, opened the fridge, and stood there drinking milk out of the jug. (laughs) The fortune teller, Miss Wanda, didn't even flinch. I expected her to tell him to put on some pants, but she didn't. She barely looked at him, but did ask if he'd bring her fly swatter back upstairs. Hey, Boomerang, when you get done with that milk, when you get back down there in the basement, bring the floss water back up. What? Maybe she what? needs to close the door. No. Yeah. Maybe, I'm sorry, but this is fucking funny. Maybe you need to get a screen on your slide. And maybe you should shut the door. Maybe she needs some air. I don't know. Needless to say, I didn't get a job in the medical field as she, predict, as she predicted. <laughs> I'm completely squeamish about anything related to blood or bodily fluids. Nor did I marry a man named Charlie. Miss Wanda was a fake. And this is signed Elise. Damn it, Elise. Okay, is that's like, pretty damn funny, though. Miss Wanda <laughs> is uh, not even close, but it's not even close. Okay. I, I think the part where she <laughs> asks her son to bring the fly swatter back upstairs I, is my favorite part. I would and love- I'm just imagining him in his underwear and, and like drinking milk out of a carton yeah right while everybody's like watching like what the fuck and you can just hear like trucks driving by yeah. the house yeah and i'm for some reason i imagine that they are like stained tidy whities yeah yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking too and i'm gonna and when you realize that he's being called boomerang what the fuck dude <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty funny dude <laughs> Fucking, How do you uh, even get a nickname like Boomerang? I don't know. Well, what it is, he'll he'll run out that way, and he always comes back around. You know. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like she keeps trying to get rid of him, yeah. and he just comes back. Yeah. She'll oh, drop okay. him off at Walmart and drive away, and he's like, he just before she even gets home, he's already back at the house. But how did you do that? From henceforth, you'll be known as Boomerang. Fortune telling in the kitchen. So he he probably looks like a grown version of that little wild kid in Mad Max with the boomerang. Okay. Oh man, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I can see it. Mm-hmm. You ready for our next one? <laughs> I'm just thinking about Elise and her friends looking at each other like, what in the hell? Well, you know, there have been times <laughs> when I've driven by some random Dude. place, wherever, and you see a house with a the psychic sign. Dude, you know this. Fortune I know this. telling. Yes. And I'm always curious like do you just go knock on their front door because it's a house you do. it's a residential home if you're a longtime listener you know that i did live next to a fortune teller it's very it's very scenario it wasn't that busy of a road but it's right on the road they always want a highly visible um house or you know window to advertise their, did, did boomerang live there to, to advertise their wares did you take his mama's flash water it was a man and a woman but the dude was like roma gypsy he's like real you know from the motherland over there and then, and the woman was oh, a white woman, but they were just straight. They were straight up con. I don't, I'm not saying all the fortune tellers are, but these two were just straight up cons. And they would he would they would describe to me how they how they work people. Will you bring my floss water back up here? And he, I even went to like some stores. He's running like game on you know like returns, and I mean it's just straight oh, up. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and why the hell my mom's is just I'm just kicking it, dude. And I just wonder I didn't end up in some real trouble. Cause I would just, you know, I wouldn't. Mom had to work, you know, and there's nobody there. What are you gonna do? I would just be out and about with the uh, the fortune tellers and gypsies. Gen X. 
We grew up dangerously. And we listened to okay, right? <laughs> Latchkey kids, you never know who's yeah. at home waiting for you. Are you but gonna, you know it's... You're either going to be on the milk carton or you're going to be drinking out of the milk carton. Are you <laughs> but ready you know it's them? not your mama or your daddy because they got jobs and they have to work all the time and the economy's going to shit and the jobs are leaving. They're getting outsourced across the world. You know, we were the first ones to start dealing with that shit. And these kids nowadays, you know, with that, like we never dealt with that shit. We watched it get dismantled in front of our eyes. Our economy, the solid blue collar jobs. <sighs> Some shit. You got my floss water? Hey, Boomerang, you can bring that floss water up now. I'm going to tell you, wipe it off. I'm so sick of the fly guts. If you can slap them, you can wipe it off. I'm ready for the next story, are you? Yeah. Dear Dylan and Heather, I had to write in and tell you about the time we lived in a haunted house when I was a child. See, I knew it. I knew we there were three of house. us kids, and we lived with our single mom. It was stressful at times because we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and we moved around quite a bit. From what I've heard on the podcast, it sounds like maybe Dylan and I had similar childhoods growing up. Yes, my mother had addiction issues, but for the most part, she always worked and tried to keep a roof over our heads. My bio dad is a deadbeat, and I still don't know him. Wow, are we twins? You could say our childhood wasn't the best, though we really didn't deal with any abuse or anything like that. I'm very close with my siblings, especially my brother, because we're only 18 months apart in age. Christopher and I were close, like I said, growing up, and we shared a room in this particular rental. It was a small house on a 10-acre farm, and the man who owned the place had his mother-in-law living in the small house until she died. At first, things seemed normal in the house, but we'd come home to things being moved. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or misplaced. It got so bad at one point my mother thought maybe the farmer slash landlord was snooping through our stuff. Then one night, while we were sleeping, my brother Christopher woke me up screaming. I thought he was having a bad dream, so I roll over and what do I see? An old woman was pulling my brother by his ankles out of his bed. What? I couldn't make a noise. I was gripped by fear. My brother was screaming and even grabbed a hold of the wooden headboard with his hands so she couldn't completely yank him out of bed. Oh, dude, this is too much. This would be the scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking a full-on manifestation here, folks. By the time my mother burst into the room, the ghost disappeared. All she found was me, tucked under the blankets, hiding my head while my brother was screaming, his legs dangling out of the bottom of his twin bed. He was scared, pale in color, could hardly catch his breath. We explained to my mother what had happened, and she was worried. I don't think she believed us at first, but there was no way she could explain why my brother's legs were just hanging out at the end of the bed and why he was now laying in the middle of the twin bed. Okay. We didn't stay in the house much longer after that because Christopher and I were too afraid to sleep. Recently, I asked my mother if she recalled that incident and she barely remembered it. My brother and I were like, how did something so traumatic to us become a faint memory to you? Well, and that's part of being a parent. 
You just got to keep moving. And it is signed, Shaylin. <laughs> Thank you, Shaylin. I knew we was going to get a haunted house, and that's one of the most terrifying haunted house stories I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't want to be yanked. It no. makes me think of fucking paranormal activity. When no, that, yeah. Like, just the yanks are down the hallway. No, totally. It makes me think of and any. And that is terrifying. And if anything like that ever happened to me, I think I would simultaneously piss my pants and die at the same time. Die of fright. Or if I get one of those cool-ass white streaks in my like, hair. They would be like, wow, she's dead. Oh, and she pissed herself. Oh, look at that. And then there's evidence that you pissed yourself before you died. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't have, I, you know what? I don't know what that evidence would look then like. Then I would be a ghost and would be like floating around like, oh. like boo. And I wouldn't even be embarrassed that I'd piss myself. Because I'd be like, that shit was scary. And then I'm going to go find that ghost and be like, what the hell are you doing, ghost? Dude, and the legend of the pissy pants ghost would be born. And people would be like, even if you don't see her, you could smell piss. And you know that she's near because she's pissed her pants. Dylan, we have some others. Are you ready? <laughs> dude, dude. Hey, look, I'm so excited because I didn't even know we were doing listener stories this episode. And we've had, Heather's had all, we've had all this stuff going on, been a little bit late with episodes. And this is so fun. Here we are in the middle of the week. We're getting back online. And this is the best way to do it. Man, I, my brain is swimming with all the information. I'm thinking about all those stories at once. Okay. Okay, are we ready? Chick, I've been ready. Okay, my Word document, I've like copied and pasted into this, and my Word document's like formatted all weird. I'm sorry. It keeps giving me like these huge spaces in the middle of a paragraph, and I'm like, what's happening? Okay, are we ready? Yes. I used to work in a bookstore. It was owned by this older gay couple. One guy, Gary, was the silent owner, while his husband, Yannick, a Polish immigrant, was the more active day-to-day operations guy. This woman used to come in and when I was working and just talk. She would talk nonstop. It was a steady stream of bullshit, too. Um, I wonder if this is my mother. Because <laughs> she never stops talking. Uh, she knew this. She did that. Did this. You know. Like, she's just a know-it-all. She's a one-upper, dude. You cannot beat these people. Her stories became more and more outrageous every time, as though she'd have forgotten the last round of lies. <clears throat> I mean, stories she'd told me. <laughs> she'd suck up all my time. I dreaded seeing her come coming into the store. I've heard y'all use the term energy vampire, and she was definitely a massive energy vampire. I, I just thought that, dude. When she'd leave after hours of talking and hanging out in the store, I would feel drained, mm -hmm. completely drained. I've never experienced anything quite like her before. One day she comes in while Yannick is there. She walks up to us at the counter and starts her usual shtick, but in like 60 seconds, she runs out of steam. Yannick whispers something at her in Polish. The woman kind of giggles and says, what to him? Yannick gives her a big grin, but says nothing further. She just turns and walks out of the store. Oh, my God. It would usually take me more time, like around an hour or so, to get her to leave. Yannick managed to shut her down quick. I mentioned it to him after she's gone, explaining how she is the most annoying customer ever, and I could never get rid of her. He calls her a Strasgaya? Strasgaya? A Strasgaya. I don't know, but I like it. S-T-R-Z-G-Y-A, which he later says is some kind of female demon. Whatever he said to her apparently banished her from the store. She stopped coming in, and I never saw her again. This was a woman who stopped in at least once a week for the four years I worked there. She never stepped foot again in the bookstore. 
It was a relief, but always left me wondering exactly what Yannick had said to her. I asked him several times, and he would always give me that big grin and say, I had to protect our store. Wow. And she signed this Ohio Nicole. He worked some roots on her. He done brought some old school stuff from the old country. I like it. And he dropped it on her. Well, damn, I want to know what it is because I know a lot of energy vampires and I would love to banish them. Or if that would work for us. From my area. Dude, there would be so many people not allowed to come in our area anymore. <laughs> Just don't be, don't be within 40 feet of my area. Yeah, don't make me stress Gaia, you punk ass. Fuck around, get stressed Gaia. Now I'm going to use that word. Are you ready to move on to the next one? Jeez, that's coming so fast. Don't well, I? I know we've got quite a few to get through, Dylan. Shit, let's do it. There's an abandoned house in the woods behind my grandparents' house. When I was a kid, I remember vaguely a man living there. His driveway was dirt and cut by my grandparents to get up behind to his house. When I was younger, I rode a bike up the road, but always felt scared of a house for no reason, especially after it was empty. According to them, the man decided to move to California and never sold it. When I was about 15, I was visiting for a few weeks during the summer. There were some neighborhood kids who I'd grown up playing with, and now we were all between the ages of like 13 to 16. A few of us decided we wanted to check out the abandoned house. Of course, I didn't tell my grandparents. They would have given me a lecture about trespassing, private property, and breaking the law. And not being a shitbird. <laughs> I spent the day collecting a few supplies I thought we'd need. I told my grandparents I was going to the movies with the girl down the road, but instead we all met up and walked through the woods to the empty house. It was a two-story house typical of those built in the early 1900s. I had managed to stash away a flashlight, some rubber gloves, because I was planning to leave no fingerprints, right? And a knife. I really thought I was armed. I thought we'd have to open a window to get inside, but around back of the house, there was a screened-in porch, and the back door was swinging in the wind. We walked right in. The house was still furnished. There was a kitchen table, cans in the cabinets with inches of dust collected, empty beer bottles on the counter. In a bedroom downstairs, we found an unmade bed as if someone had slept in it and then left one day. There were ratty old clothes hanging in the closet. A piano was in the living room. On the mantle were family photographs in the frames, including an old wedding picture. It was, as if, it was as if someone didn't even pack up their belongings and just left. Oh my gosh, After, that would be weird. That would be weird. After we walked around exploring with our flashlights for a few minutes, we thought we'd go upstairs and see what was up there. As we reached about the third step, all of a sudden we heard old-timey music like some kind of jazz from the 1920s coming down the stairs. It's dark, and all we have are our flashlights, and, I, well, I have a knife, but we plowed over top of each other, getting down the bottom stairs and out of the house. We ran as fast as we could, and when we were finally away from the house, we stopped to catch our breath and evaluate what had happened. No explanation makes sense. I asked my grandparents more about the neighbor later. According to my grandmother, his wife had packed up and left him about 15 years before he had moved to California. They had no children. Then one day, he said he was leaving, though my grandma said she really couldn't even remember um, a moving truck. And they had mostly kept to themselves the whole time they had been neighbors. Really scary experience, and I don't know how to explain it to people without sounding like a nut. <laughs> well, no, just the idea that people didn't even take their belongings, and like literally there might be dishes and food on the table kind of thing, has always been very weird and 
creepy to me. And this was sent in by Annette. Almost like you're running from something and you don't have time to even gather any of your belongings and you just have to get out now. It's very strange. Thank you, Annette. Just the thought of going into someone's home and there being like all of these personal items and then finding like cans with dust and yeah. crud, like old food and... It's well, just really strange. Maybe Annette should have run it by her grandparents, and they'd be like, no, you can't go over there, and she wouldn't have been weirded out. She should listen. Annette's a little badass, trying to run around lie. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I love, she was armed with a knife. Yeah, she had a knife. She was just like, I'm not even going to try to use the knife. I'm just going to get down the stairs and leave. Well, yeah, what are you going to do, knife a ghost? Maybe. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hey, get over here. I'm going to cut you, you, sell you ethereal piece of shit. Don't you touch my floss water, damn it. Hey, bring this floss water back, boomerang. <laughs> oh, what the hell, dude? Are you ready for next story? Yeah, yeah, let's go. A few years ago, during COVID lockdown, I was able to work remotely and stay home. One night, I was watching TV in my living room when the doorbell started ringing. Whenever I hear the doorbell, I am cautious to answer it, especially if it's after 6 p.m. because no one I know would drop in unannounced, and I live in a neighborhood with some drug activity. I've had crackheads knocking on my door before. My porch light was off. I tiptoe up to the door, and it's really dark outside. I can see a black blob shape. It seems to be only about three to four feet tall, but it's moving around as if it's dancing. I was too scared to keep looking and backed away from the door. In a few seconds, I peeped back outside, and it was gone. I have no idea what it was. I sometimes wonder if it was a figment of my imagination. After this, I ordered and installed a security camera doorbell system. I still get freaked out when I think about it. Keep up the good work on the podcast. I work in manufacturing, too. Listening to you guys has really helped time go by at my boring job. Was sorry to hear about the mill closing, but I know Dylan's going to be just fine with whatever he ends up doing. Wow, this thank is signed, you. Texas Tom. Thank you, Texas Tom. I love the nickname. Or maybe that's his real name. Texas Tom. Are you ready for our next... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm still absorbing the compliments. The, the, I'm thinking about the dancing blob. <laughs> small and black. Read that one part again about how awesome I am. Thank you, Tom. Let's continue. What would you do if you looked outside and you thought you saw some little like weird blobby thing dancing, just chilling in front of your door? Like a little mini slimer or some I shit? Guess. Oh, I'd, fuck, dude. I'd scream. Hey, I got to tell you, when I'm surprised and scared, I scream like a, I mean, this may be. This some, is true. You do squeal. I scream like a girl. You squeal. I squeal. You do. I've I, heard you. Well, maybe I shouldn't say. I just, I, let's just say I squeal, not like a girl. You do squeal. I squeal, and I try, try not to do it. You know, I have to be really surprised. Well, it's just funny because you're kind of a big guy. Yeah. And so singing, you'd be like, ah! And like sometimes you like wave your hands and jump around. Yeah, it's, and it's like, it's like the funny. in the cartoons when the mouse is in the kitchen and the That's woman's exactly up on the chair. What it's like. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's continue, man. This is awesome, dude. This is awesome. You ready for this one? <laughs> yeah. A few years ago, I was a freshman in college and living in the dorms with a kick-ass roommate. We had only we had met only when we moved in together, but we were instant friends. It was lucky because I was the only person from my high school who attended this particular college, so it wasn't like I had any friends there. We had a great experience living together. I finally made friends oh. about mid-semester, got myself a part-time job, and had an active social life. We lived in an older building that had suite-style living areas, so it was like two rooms, four people, 
And we shared a common bathroom. Okay, well, I lived in a dorm kind of like that. I know that setup. Yeah. Not from college. By the end of the first semester, when finals were happening, my roommate and I both agreed that the energy on our hall seemed to change. It went from feeling kind of light and airy to this impending sense of dread. I know that sounds crazy, and I chalk it up to the stress of final exams. Everyone is studying and scrambling to turn in last, you know, the last few big assignments before we could go home for Christmas break. Surely it was just the energy changing due to everybody working so hard and feeling stressed out. It was a particularly cold Friday evening in early December. I had only one more exam to finish, and I'd been at the library working on a research paper. I was looking forward to the holiday break going home to see my friends and family, and just being done with my first semester. My roommate had texted me that she was going to grab dinner with other girls on our floor and told me to meet them if I was feeling up to it. I told them I wanted to grab a quick shower, but then I would head over to the dining hall. In the bathroom, um, we had two stalls and two showers. There were these big mirrors on the walls next to the sinks. A wall partition sort of separated the toilet stall area from the showers. So if you were standing at the sinks, you could kind of see both sides behind you. There was no one in the bathroom. I was taking my hair down and then brushing my teeth um, at the sink when I heard noise. I look up in the sink mirror and I see something flickering out of the corner of my eye. It was like a shimmery light, but I don't see anything. As I rinse my, rinse my toothbrush off, I get goosebumps and a chill up my back. It's as if someone is standing behind me. Oh, my gosh. There's no way because I'm alone in there. I look up into the mirror and I can see into the two wall mirrors from the sink mirror, mm. right? No. Uh, there's a mass floating behind me, a silvery white figure wearing a long veil, and it's just hovering there. I can see from the torso down, it's kind of just a black mass. Then there's this white veil, and I can barely make out a woman's face underneath the veil. It was human almost, but kind of far removed. It opened its mouth and let out a high-pitched shriek. Oh my God, it's a fucking banshee, bro. That's when my nose started bleeding like gushing blood. The thing vanished, and my nose is now pouring down the front of my robe. I was so scared. I left my stuff and ran into the room, grabbing my towel on the way out. I left a trail of nosebleed behind me. I've never had anything like that happen before. I was really scared. I'm still not sure what it was, if I was just stressed out and hallucinating, or if there was really some kind of apparition in the bathroom. I told my roommate about it. She was super sketched out. We ended up living in that room the following semester, and I never saw it again. To this day, I still find mirrors unsettling. Though the longer I was on campus, the more I learned there were rumors of ghosts in that dorm and another building on campus, the science building. People claim to see spirits there, too. I've graduated now, but still consider it the scariest thing that ever happened to me. And this is signed, Lucinda. Lucinda, that was a banshee. I, I'm convinced. The, the shrill. Why do nose start bleeding? Because uh, that's, that's what banshees really do. They'd be like, hi. they'd be like, yeah. hi. they'd be like, boo, bish, and then your nose starts bleeding, bro. That's what they do, man. That's what they're known for. Oh my gosh, she was Look, allergic to the banshee. <laughs> banshee wasn't the banshee was not hypoallergenic. Sometimes I wonder if banshees play banjos. Now listen, that would be awesome. That'd be one. Of the, that would be a bluegrass band I would check out. I know, right? Banshees and the banjos. Did we just make a name of a band? Um, but here's the thing. Seeing something in the mirror behind me 
It has got to be top three freak it's out. No, things. for me, dog. Yeah, that's. A, I wish I had three thumbs. So <laughs> As I could give Opal it. said in the very first story, that's a no for me. <laughs> I wish I had three thumbs so I could give it three thumbs mm, down. Yeah, I don't want to see anything in a oh mirror. Oh my gosh, uh, mine's kind of scary it's now. It's really creepy when you feel like something is behind you. No, the goosebumps. There have been a few times in this house that I've been in a similar situation, brushing my teeth, washing my face, or something, and legit felt like. There was someone behind me in the bathroom, and then you turn around. There's no one there. Or you think I'm just outside the door, but yes. I'm, I'm downstairs. You, yeah, you've you, asked me that you get many a times. Feeling like someone's near you. You'll ho- I've heard you holler. I've been like another part of that. But then there's no one there. It's really creepy. But then if you see something there, because I'd rather just not see something than see something for sure. Oh yeah! Wow, very yeah. succinct statement yeah. there well i would rather I, you'd rather I'd not rather see something. be weirded out but not see something than open the door and there's like a fucking oh okay veiled you know shrieking woman ghost thing so you prefer goosebumps or the hair on the back of your neck standing up or just the feeling like someone might be there as opposed to a full-on manifestation yeah, and a visual need, hallucination i don't need you to expose yourself to me ghosts I'm just no, saying that's what i'm for hey yeah I'm exposing myself right yeah, now. Yeah, thank God there's not a little chunky ghost running around going helicopter, helicopter every time he gets out of the shower. <laughs> oh, dude, it's like a little sure. tiny model helicopter, yeah, dude. it sure is. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's You know, like. I think I could do the boob tassel thing. I've thought about that. Okay, well, I can teach if you. If I can it's get them going in the shoulders. In, uh, yeah, is it's it the shoulders? In, it's all in the shoulders. I wish Elvira would do it for me. Well, you could watch them. When I was a little boy. You could watch the movie. Was it Mistress of the Dark? What was the name of the movie that she... I don't know, but well, she does. The, she has the titty tassel. Isn't that where she goes to that town and gets that house and her yeah, aunt what died? Is that, is that? It's uh, yeah. I think it's Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I think that's what it's called. Oh my gosh! Are you ready? Yeah. For the next one, I like one? pasty skin. That's why I love you. All right, let's go. Well, I'm very pasty. Yeah, pasty. Mm. Mountain murders. I've been thinking of sending this in since I heard your first listener story episode a few months ago when I discovered your podcast. Uh, I've been binging it and I'm almost finished. Well, thank you. Thank you. I grew up in Virginia and found your podcast looking into the Lolly Weenans and Julie Williams case, which has always fascinated me growing up. Was that the Rainbow Murders? That is the one where they were um, in the Shenandoah uh, Ah. Ah, park. Oh, yes. Camping. Yes. That was a very strange case. It is a very strange case. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you found this because I've worked so hard to put this podcast together. Dylan, this is Dylan speaking. Yeah. Okay, can I continue? (laughs) I'm waiting for you to continue now. I had my dad refresh the story for me before writing in. I knew you'd be interested because it's peculiar. In the 1980s and early 1990s, my Uncle James worked for the CIA. He had been in the military, the Army, before that, and according to my dad, worked as some sort of psyop specialist. My dad's half-brother was incredibly intelligent a genius, according to everyone, with a high IQ and managed to graduate from high school like two years early. While in the Army, he earned a college degree, then joined a, quote, government office. Uncle James never really talked a lot about his work, but we know he was doing political espionage work in South America. Ooh. One day, my uncle called his wife at home and said he wasn't feeling well. He planned on leaving the office in Northern Virginia early stopping by an urgent care and that he would be home before his usual time. 
damn, Unk's working spycraft, bro. By the way, I should mention, Uncle James never told people he worked for the CIA. It was just sort of understood, and no one talked about it. His wife was concerned um, when he didn't make it home. She called his office, because he was supposed to be coming home earlier, right? She called his office and then made phone calls to some of their relatives and friends, but she didn't hear anything for several days, growing more worried as time went on. She teetered on believing maybe he was on some kind of assignment or that maybe something bad had happened. But after a few days, she was contacted by some of his colleagues. My uncle had packed a bag, checked into a hotel in Philadelphia, and supposedly um, took his own life. Oh, my gosh. Everyone who knew him thought it was extremely unlikely. My uncle was not depressed, and there was no indication that he had been planning anything like that. My dad said after his death, my aunt thought someone in a black car was parked down the street for a week or two as if they were watching her house. I was very young when this happened, so I don't have specific details other than what I have been told. And this is signed Drake from Virginia. Oh, Drake. Uh my mind runs wild in a story like this because um, I'm this very... This is like a movie? Yeah. And I am very curious what happened, and I wish there was more, uh, like a way he could sort of dig in and figure out, like solve the mystery, but this yeah, sounds like one of those things where you probably never know what really happened. No. And if he truly did, you know, self-harm, that's sad and unfortunate, but I got to say, in my brain, I have a lot of interest in spycraft and that type of thing. You know this. And if something went south in an operation, this would be the very type of scenario that they would use to explain him being uh, uh, being gone, right? I mean, this would be so easy for them because no one knows. She didn't know exactly. You know, you never know exactly where they're at. You don't know what they're working on. You know, you know all these things, unknowns. And the way that he didn't really talk about, he didn't brag about anything. It sounds like he was really working some uh, some real stuff, some some. Uh, I'm not going to say black ops or anything like well, it's that. It's really strange certain, to call home and say I'm coming home. I'm I don't not feel good. Well. I'm, I'm going home. to a doctor, yeah. and then you just never ever right come home. Right, that's very strange. We'll never know the truth, Drake. Drake, thank you for your story. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh my gosh, I'm man. Like, my mind is blown Dude. by that one. I'm now I'm like I've got all, all the little gears are yeah. turning in my brain like Oh yeah. What? Yeah, Tinker Taylor spy. Whoa. Soldier spy. Gary Oldman up this bitch. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what's happening. The catcher was a spy. Dead drops. Running <laughs> calendar surveillance. I could do some of that stuff. I've read about it so much. You know, try to follow me through the mall if you want to. I'll fuck around and lose your ass by the damn foot locker. I'll double back. We'll end up in a dead end hallway, and I'll just turn around and look at you like, you looking for me? Yeah, I remember when I lived Boom. in D.C., I went to the spy museum, and I don't even know if it's still there, because I think someone told me they closed it down, but it was awesome when I did go walk through it. If it's still there, you should check it out, because they have all these cool tools and toys. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they probably also displayed uh, discovered items that were used for surveillance, you know, there's some... Uh, I want to say there well, was... Well, it would give you, like, you'd go in a room, you know, and you could do, like, audio tours and stuff, but it would give you scenarios, like, um, here's a video, or, like, you're out, you know, like, in a park, and right. try to pick out who the spy is. Oh, you know? yeah, I There's, do like, that. a guy on the bench, like, reading a newspaper. Yeah, it's a dead drop, There's bro. There's people jogging, you know, people feeding ducks, sort of looking suspiciously. 
<laughs> okay. Anyway. I don't trust dogs, so I'd be the first people I would suspect, or the first creatures. I've never known anybody who's worked for, like, the CIA, but that'd you, be pretty cool, right? You didn't know it, but you did know someone that were undercover. What a cool job. Sometimes I feel like I should have probably maybe, like, not fucked up my life, and, like, if I could go back, I could have been, like, a CIA agent or something. I think you could have uh, very easily ended up in military intelligence, the way you're wired, you're very analytical, um, if you need to kill people, you don't mind to do that. If you have to do it for the you know health of your nation, certainly. I mean, honestly, dare I say, I don't think 9-11 would have happened if you were in military intelligence. Because you are incredible. You're really good at oh. what you do, no matter what you do. Thanks. Okay. It sounds like you're trying to get me to touch that little tiny Tootsie Roll later. <laughs> you want to touch my vanilla Tootsie Roll? No. Wait, that's your devil nipple, this vanilla Tootsie Roll. It is not. Mine. You're making it sound like it's some big <laughs> like weird it's poking out like a, like the end of somebody's pinky yeah, like you're two like inches. You're grossing me out. Please, uh, it's not like that at all. No, mine's just a little tiny helicopter. It's like one of them little. Oh, dude! I, one time I saw a hel- um, an alarm clock. You ever had a problem like the alarm you can't get up, or you know you keep hitting snooze? You know I've had that. No, issue I've in never my life. been one of those. People. You're not a snoozer. Are I'm you? not someone who. But once you wake up, it's done. Once uh, the alarm hits, I can't go back to sleep. When I accidentally wake awake. her up, dude, it's a big deal because I know that she has issues with insomnia and stuff, and uh, I feel bad. I'm a very light sleeper. I feel bad, and then I quickly clear out of the room because she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Now I'm awake. Thanks a lot. It's four in the morning. I mean, she used to love when I got worked at the mill, and I, I had to get five to five. So if five a.m., I had to get up at like three thirty, and I'd have to do like four alarms because I didn't want to get up. Who wants to get up that early in the morning? Yeah, I know. My favorite is Dylan just constantly hitting snows for like thirty minutes. Yeah, I'll here. start. Uh, let's crazy. let's see. Anyway. If I had to be there at four forty-five to five, I need to start at say three thirty at the latest, an alarm every fifteen minutes, or maybe every five. And then come four four ten. Now I absolutely have. Then I have my emergency alarm at four fifteen, and that means I got to get up right then because I might not make it. Yeah, Dylan, we have one more listener story. Oh, but let me finish. Oh, so there was. I was looking at interesting clocks, alarm clocks. You can get all kinds. You can get ones that vibrate your pillow. You can get ones that have the laser light show. I mean, it's just all these different things. But one of the coolest ones I saw, or one is uh, you have to shoot these targets placed around your room with a little gun. Okay, what it does is it activates your brain. It actually wakes you all the way up. And another one was uh, um, a little helicopter comes up off of the alarm clock and it flies around the room. And you have to shoot it with like a little laser little laser thing to get it to come land you back. You know what else? I have a great idea. Is what? the next time your alarm goes off, how about I just reach over and like slap the shit out of you? Yeah. Yeah. And That's then, interesting. And then you're wide awake. Wow. Right? And okay. Then, and then you can get up and because you'll be mad. Yeah. And you'll storm off. How about hold up, and bitch? And then I can sprawl out and have the whole bed. You are like a little vanilla starfish whenever I get out of the bed. No, I'm like a burrito. Yeah, you are. You're the starfish. You lay in the center <laughs> of the bed and spread out as wide as you can and then i have like a tiny sliver of bed and i'm like can you please move and you're like i'm i'm on the edge and you're like right in the middle of the fucking bed well one of the cutest things but was, i'm like a tornado who wads up like yeah. i roll up in the blankets oh like God. a burrito You've and, never then, seen and then the comforter is just like a huge tornado like mess and dylan's like i don't even know how someone manages to do this with sheets and blankets i call it a heatherito i have to come untuck her in and to get in bed but then when in the summer when or in the winter when it's cold and I would get up those early mornings, Rufus would always come out from under the blankets and go to my spot and lay in my warm spot. 
Rabbi you, and y'all are so cute. He's I love very, Rufus. I know he's very smart. I love my wife. Okay, we have one more. Okay, let, dude, my head's and swimming. And then we will wrap it up. Okay, and I can't wait till the Heather is. Oh my gosh, you guys and gals do not even know how good the stories are about to get. This girl, gal, is refocused. She's she's digging in the vault. Give it to me. Let, I, I, are you I, talking I, I, about true crime cases? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the future, yes, Dylan. No, no. I, 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 I can't even imagine what this last story is about. Okay, are you ready? A yeah. few months ago, you asked for us to write in with bad date stories. Yes. I have one that is going to warrant a chuckle. I honestly can't wait to hear Heather and Dylan's reactions. So here goes. I met a man online, and we chatted back and forth for a while. After we'd been messaging on the app for almost a month, I felt comfortable enough to give him my phone number. Things seemed to be going well. I felt like I was learning a lot about him. We shared a few phone calls. I'd say about six weeks in, I agreed to go on a date with him. He was cute enough and seemed okay. At first, our date was going well. He took me to a Mexican restaurant, which happened to be one of my favorite spots near a popular boardwalk in our town. Score one. He did spend a lot of time talking about his previous relationship, which I thought was odd, given that we had been chatting for over a month and he hadn't mentioned it. I was like, this is a red flag, question mark? I don't know. Come on, man. You don't, you don't, the first date, and, and not, they're taking it in proper way, six, eight weeks of chatting before the first date. I think that's a good way to go. You get to know each other a little bit. It's not like a, it doesn't feel like a blind date, but sitting there and, Unless it's just a mere, you know, mention or something. Oh, yeah, I know I was in a relationship like that. Something small. But sitting there carrying on about your old relationship, I think is uh, I think it's uncouth at the very least. So she's asking, you know, is this a red flag? I don't know. But otherwise, the date seemed to be going great. After dinner, he suggested we take a walk on the beach. I thought it was romantic enough walking on the beach, holding hands in the moonlight. I took my shoes off because I was wearing a wedge heel, which was inappropriate for the beach. And he offered to hold them for me while we walked. Oh, him sweet. I went down to the water, splashing my feet in. And then I turned on my phone's flashlight, looking at some of the seashells. He says to me, I'll be back. I thought maybe he was going to grab a towel from his car. I stood there for a few minutes and waited, waited, and waited. He never came back. The guy took my shoes and left. I what? finally went back up oh to God, the boardwalk area, rinsed the sand off my feet, he was nowhere to be found. I ended up walking to my car, which was a few blocks away with bare feet and driving home without my shoes. I tried to reach out to him via text message, but he blocked my number. The guy took me on a date so he could steal my shoes. I'm not even joking. I tried rationalizing it like maybe there was an emergency question mark. My friends are all convinced he took me on a date just so he could steal my shoes. He has a shoe fetish. People are insane. <laughs> and this is signed Quinn. Quinn, thank you for sharing that. So, I, I, I want to. I would love to be a. Did, I mean, did he really steal her fucking shit? Was that the whole point? That's an investment to to put this much time and effort into going on a date with somebody. You spend all this time talking to them just so you can steal their shoes. I'm about to get this girl's shoes right here. Watch this, and he's got like a shoe, like a trophy wall at home of shoes they stole from women. So I wonder. Uh, First few minutes, you're like, okay, she's probably still, you know, looking at seashells and enjoying the environment because I love the beach at night. It's amazing. The energy is incredible. Um, and then I just would love to see her face when she finally looks up and realizes it's been, you know, 10 minutes and, like, he's nowhere in sight. Because I bet she's just like, what the hell? 
And then you come back up to the boardwalk expecting, hey, he's digging around his car, you know, or maybe, you know, got hung up or is talking to someone and he's nowhere in sight. And you have to do a literal walk of shame barefoot back to your car because this dude stole your your wedge heels. And then drive home barefoot? And drive home barefoot. And then he's like blocks you like you did something, which that be the part that pissed me off even worse. Like even if he was just like, look, I'm in the shoes. It's kind of weird. Nobody gets it. And I, I took your shoes. I couldn't help it. I love a wedge heel. You had a beautiful wedge heel. I love the way you're... Your feet sat in your shoes, you know. These look like my size. They look like my size. They smell good, like your feet. I've, I've just and, been dying for a pair of, like, Kenneth Cole wedges or yeah. something. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but instead she gets blocked, cold shoulder, got ghosted, and her shoes stolen. Look, I, I feel like uh, during the daylight hours I would have more of a reaction, like, what the fuck, but I'm, I'm a little tired right now. And honestly, in this day and age, I'm a little just like, yeah, that seems like, yeah, that's, that seems like a normal day in 2023. <laughs> what the this, fuck? This is, I would be pissed if somebody stole my shoes. This makes me. Because I love shoes. Oh, no. I spend a lot of money on shoes. I'm not like a handbag person. I've never owned a coach bag, no. any expensive handbag, nothing like that. But I'm a shoe person, and I will spend money on a pair of shoes. Uh, and I would know. be mad as hell if somebody stole my expensive shoes. I'd be pissed off. I don't know if you'd stop tracking that person until you track them down. I would I would go. I would. I would know. Oh where my the, god, she's pissed I would find right now. where this dude works. Yeah. I would roll up in the damn auto parts or the hospital, wherever this dude work, and I would be like, "Give me my fucking shoes." I would be so mad. It's I'd like so either mad. give my shoes or about to be a scene up this bitch. Yeah. You right. give me my shoe, or I'm going to take off this chunky goth boot, and I'm going to beat you with it <laughs> until you produce my shoes. Chunky goth boot with spikes on it. I was going to say that described as like. 50% of those shoes in my closet. Okay, well, I want to thank everyone. I hope I thanked everyone along the way. But um, These the have been great. Great listener stories. Great, f incredible feedback. I don't know if y'all realize how much we enjoy when we ask questions like that about a case or about a place. And, and we get incredible. The Todd, I Jeff with the Todd Ass feedback and um, the Los Angelinian, the third generation. All the bad dates. All the bad dates. It makes me... It, 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 harkens me back to one of our first listener stories when that girl got sniff fucked. <laughs> when the dude was curled up in her lap and she's had enough and she finally just stands up and like drops him in the floor and leaves. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this has been wonderful. This was really good for us. You don't even know how much uh, these good, genuine laughs have been good for us. And we've just had so much wild, crazy stuff going on in our lives. And most of it's good. Um, but uh, we're getting back on track. We, When we're away from the pod, we miss you. We miss our listeners just as much as you, uh, we hope you miss us. And uh, Heather has redoubled. She's like, we're not missing anymore. We're getting on schedule no matter what else happens in our life. I'm like Devo. I'm about to whip it. Whip it good. I'm going to whip you into shape. I'm going to hide my chain if I see you coming. Are you Debo? Like, you think I'm Debo? I'm going to steal your chain? Oh, you said Devo. Devo, whip thought, it, okay. whip it good. Da, 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 da. Whip it. I'm about to whip we'll you. Whip it real good. Wait, that's salt and pepper. I'm ain't putting it? on my little red plastic hat. Is that salt and pepper? Dun, 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 yes. Dun. Which how's that one go? You're talking about whip it, whip it. When real. a problem comes along, you must whip it. When a Dylan dun, dun, comes dun, along, dun, you, you must whip, whip him. Whip him, Dylan, whip into him. shape. Whip him real good. Dylan Dean, needs to be whipped into right. shape. Yeah. I'm gonna put Heather to bed.
right now. I, I'm tired. Lately, I don't know. You know. <laughs> you old tired ass bitch. I am always <laughs> fucking tired lately, bro. You got lupus or some shit. I wonder. Uh, yeah, we we'll, we suspect you have an autoimmune disease. Well, yeah. She can't get any health care, bro. The VA literally will let veterans die left and right before they get them help. I'm sorry. I know it's a hot take, but it's the truth. No, I've seen it. True. I've, I've always heard it all my life. I've seen it firsthand with my veteran wife. We deserve, They deserve better. The American people deserve better. The change starts today with this podcast. <laughs> Does it, Dylan? Yeah, and people are like, oh, you want health care like VA? I'm like, well, A, that would be some health care as opposed to none, so that's better than nothing. And B, if it was properly funded, right, and regulated properly, then, I mean, they just do the dumbest shit. I will, okay, this is what aggravates the piss out of me. I've been trying to get an appointment, and I cannot. I call the appointment line. They're like, we need to talk to your primary care nurse. Then they transfer me. I speak to the nurse. She transfers me back to the appointment setter. They transfer me back again. It's I mean, like a shell just, game. It, this has been going on for like a month, and I still don't have an appointment. Yeah. Well, then the nurse is like, well, I need to talk to the doctor and figure out if she wants to see you, if I should just go ahead and refer you to a specialist. I'm like... By the time you refer me, I'm going to be like, you're going to refer me to the morgue. So yeah. can you like refer me now? Can you get me an appointment? I cannot get an appointment. It is the that, correct. Yeah. I don't understand. It's crazy. And, and it's being allowed to happen is the only reason it happens. You know? I mean, come on. So we can do better. I've been blown off for like a month and trying I, to make an appointment. And it's bullshit. It is. Yeah. So you know what? Change starts today with us. Everyone who hears this. We can do better. We need to do better. We're going to do better. I'm going to manifest it. <sighs> All right. But again, I'm going to put a little tired ass to bed. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the, the wind has gone out of my sails at this oh, point. Hers uh, dead in the water. It's true. Oh. I'm tired. <laughs> All right. Until this weekend when we have our new case. I can't wait. Yeah. So this weekend, Dylan, we're going to be discussing a case uh, from Maryland, out of Maryland. And if you want to be the very special sponsor of this week's episode, just shoot on over there to patreon.com forward slash Mount Murders Podcast and join up one of our tiers. It's very affordable. You support the podcast directly, and it has gone a long way to help us during this transitional time in our life. And we love and thank everyone who's a part of our Patreon and everyone that listens. Thank Dylan. you so much. I love them. I know. They're part of my family. You say that all the time. I'm not kidding, okay? I know. You love them. You want to, like, make them chicken and rub their feet. I get it. I would cook a very nice meal for them, and I would uh, hold them tight. Because that's what I do. That's sweet, Don. I'm a cuddler. You are very cuddly. All right. Until next time. Okay, weirdo. Um, I love you. I love we you, love too. our listeners. And if you have a listener story you would like to share, we can get it in the rotation. Podcast at gmail.com. Just... Shoot us an email, any kind of email. You got a bad date story. You got a wild, a wild, crazy story. Somebody stole your shoes. You want, somebody won't return your floss water. Let us know. Yeah, and if you see someone named, named Boomerang in dirty underwear and shirt drinking likely out-of-date milk I from the go. refrigerator. Elise, please write me back. I want to know oh where Miss Wanda's fortune telling yeah. is because I want to go there and meet Boomerang myself. Maybe she's better now. Maybe, I, have, maybe. I have questions. I have a lot of questions about what's happening in Miss Wanda's house. Oh, my gosh. All righty, then. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.